0: Section six of Tales of a Wayside Inn. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Peter Yearsley. Tales of a Wayside Inn by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Section thirteen. The Building of the Long Serpent. Thorberg Scarfting, master builder, in his shipyard by the sea, whistled, saying, 'Twould bewilder any man but Thorberg Scarfting, any man but me.' Near him lay the dragon stranded, Built of old by Raud the strong, And King Olaf had commanded He should build another dragon, Twice as large and long. Therefore whistled Thorberg's gafting, As he sat with half-closed eyes, And his head turned sideways, Drafting that new vessel for King Olaf, Twice the dragon's size. Round him busily hewed and hammered Mallet huge and heavy axe Workmen laughed and sang and clamoured Word the wheels That into rigging spun the shining flax All this tumult heard the master It was music to his ear Fancy whispered all the faster Men shall hear of Thorberg's gafting For a hundred year Workmen sweating at the forges Fashioned iron bolt and bar, Like a warlock's midnight orgies Smoked and bubbled the black cauldron With the boiling tar. Did the warlocks mingle in it, Thorbog's gafting, any curse? Could you not be gone a minute, But some mischief must be doing, Turning bad to worse? Twas an ill wind that came wafting From his homestead words of woe, to his farm went Thorberg's grafting, Oft repeating to his workmen, Build ye thus and so. After long delays, returning, Came the master back by night, To his shipyard longing, yearning, hurried he, And did not leave it till the morning's light. "'Come and see my ship, my darling,' On the morrow said the king, Finished now from keel to carling, Never yet was seen in Norway Such a wondrous thing. In the shipyard, idly talking, At the ship the workmen stared. Some one, all their labor balking, Down her sides had cut deep gashes, Not a plank was spared. "'Death be to the evil-doer!' With an oath King Olaf spoke, But rewards to his pursuer. And with wrath his face grew redder Than his scarlet cloak. Straight the master-builder, smiling, Answered thus the angry king, Cease blaspheming and reviling, Olaf, It was Thorburg-Scarfing who has done this thing. Then he chipped and smoothed the planking, Till the king, delighted, swore, With much lauding and much thanking, Handsomer is now my dragon Than she was before. Seventy ells and four Extended on the grass the vessel's keel, High above it, gilt and splendid, Rose the figurehead, ferocious with its crest of steel. Then they launched her from the trestles In the shipyard by the sea. She was the grandest of all vessels, Never ship was built in Norway, Half so fine as she. The long serpent was she christened, Mid the roar of cheer on cheer. They who to the saga listened Heard the name of Thorberg's gafting For a hundred year. Section 14 The Crew of the Long Serpent Safe at anchor in Drontheim Bay King Olaf's fleet assembled lay, And, striped with white and blue, Downward fluttered sail and banner, As alights the screaming lanner, Lustily cheered in their wild manner The Long Serpent's crew. Her forecastle man was Ulf the Red. Like a wolf's was his shaggy head, His teeth as large and white, His beard of gray and russet blended, Round as a swallow's nest, descended. As standard-bearer he defended Olaf's flag In the fight. Near him Kolbjorn had his place, Like the king in garb and face, So gallant and so hale. Every cabin-boy and varlet Wondered at his cloak of scarlet. Like a river, frozen and starlit, Gleamed his coat of mail. By the bulkhead, tall and dark, Stood Thrand Raim of Thelamark, A figure gaunt and grand. On his hairy arm imprinted Was an anchor, azure-tinted. Like Thor's hammer, huge and dinted, Was his brawny hand. Einar Tamberskelver. Bare to the winds his golden hair By the mainmast stood. Graceful was his form and slender, And his eyes were deep and tender as a woman's In the splendor of her maidenhood. In the forehold Bjorn and Bork Watched the sailors at their work. Heavens how they swore! Thirty men they each commanded, Iron sinewed, horny-handed, Shoulders broad and chests expanded, Tugging at the oar. These and many more like these With King Olaf sailed the seas, Till the waters vast Filled them with a vague devotion, With the freedom and the motion, With the royal and roar of ocean, And the sounding blast. When they landed from the fleet, How they roared through Drontheim's street, Boisterous as the gale! How they laughed and stamped and pounded, till the tavern roof resounded and the host looked on astounded as they drank the ale never saw the wild north sea such a gallant company sail its billows blue never while they cruised and quarrelled old king gorm or bluetooth harold owned a ship so well apparelled boasted such a crew section 15 a little bird in the air a little bird in the air Is singing of Thyri the fair, The sister of Svend the Dane, And the song of the garrulous bird In the streets of the town is heard, And repeated again and again. Hoist up your sails of silk, And flee away from each other. To King Burislaf, it is said, Was the beautiful Thyri wed, And a sorrowful bride went she. And after a week and a day She has fled away and away From his town by the stormy sea. Hoist up your sails of silk And flee away from each other. They say that through heat and through cold, Through weald, they say, and through wold, By day and by night, they say, she has fled, And the gossips report She has come to King Olaf's court, And the town is all in dismay. Hoist up your sails of silk, And flee away from each other. It is whispered King Olaf has seen, Has talked with the beautiful queen, And they wonder how it will end, For surely if here she remain It is war with King Svend the Dane And King Burislaf the Vend. Hoist up your sails of silk, And flee away from each other. O greatest wonder of all, It is published in hamlet and hall. It roars like a flame that is fanned. The king, yes, Olaf the king, has wedded her with his ring. And Thiri is queen in the land. Hoist up your sails of silk and flee away from each other. Section sixteen. Queen Thiri and the Angelica Stalks. Northward over Drontheim flew the clamorous sea-gulls. Sang the lark and linnet from the meadows green. Weeping in her chamber, lonely and unhappy, Sat the drottning Theri, sat King Olaf's queen. In at all the windows streamed the pleasant sunshine, On the roof above her softly cooed the dove, But the sound she heard not, nor the sunshine heeded, For the thoughts of Theory were not thoughts of love, Then King Olaf entered. Beautiful as morning, like the sun at Easter Shone his happy face. In his hand he carried Angelica's uprooted, With delicious fragrance filling all the place. Like a rainy midnight sat the drottning Thiry, Even the smile of Olaf could not cheer her gloom, Nor the stalks he gave her with a gracious gesture, And with words as pleasant as their own perfume. In her hands he placed them, And her jewelled fingers through the green leaves Glistened like the dews of morn. But she cast them from her, haughty and indignant, On the floor she threw them with a look of scorn. "'Richer presents,' said she, Gave King Harald Gormson to the Queen, my mother, Than such worthless weeds, When he ravaged Norway laying waste the kingdom, Seizing scat and treasure for her royal needs, but thou darest not venture through the sound to Vendland, My domains to rescue from King Burislaf, Lest King Svend of Denmark, forked beard, my brother, Scatter all thy vessels as the wind the chaff. Then up sprang King Olaf like a reindeer bounding, With an oath he answered thus, the luckless queen, Never did Olaf fear King Svend of Denmark, This right hand shall hail him by his forked chin. Then he left the chamber, thundering through the doorway. Loud his steps resounded, down the outer stair. Smarting with the insult, through the streets of Drontheim strode he, red and wrathful, with his stately air. All his ships he gathered, summoned all his forces, making his war-levy in the region round. Down the coast of Norway, like a flock of seagulls, sailed the fleet of Olaf through the Danish sound. With his own hand fearless steered he the long serpent, strained the creaking cordage, bent each boom and gaff, till in Vendland landing the domains of theory he redeemed and rescued from King Burisla. Then said Olaf, laughing, Not ten yoke of oxen have the power to draw us like a woman's hair. Now will I confess it, Better things are jewels Than angelica stalks are For a queen to wear. Section 17. King Svend of the Forked Beard Loudly the sailors cheered Svend of the Forked Beard, As with his fleet he steered Southward to Vendland, Where with their courses hauled All were together called Under the Isle of Svold, Near to the mainland. After Queen Gunnhild's death, So the old saga saith, Plighted King Svend his faith To Sigrid the haughty, And to avenge his bride, Soothing her wounded pride, Over the waters wide King Olaf sought he. Still on her scornful face, Blushing with deep disgrace, Bore she the crimson trace Of Olaf's gauntlet, Like a malignant star Blazing in heaven afar, Red shone the angry scar under her frontlet. Oft to King Svend she spake, For thine own honour's sake Shalt thou swift vengeance take On the vile coward, Until the king at last, gusty and overcast, Like a tempestuous blast, threatened and lowered. Soon as the spring appeared, Svend of the forked beard, High his red standard reared. Eager for battle, while every warlike Dane seizing his arms again, left all unsown the grain, unhoused the cattle, likewise the Swedish king summoned in haste the ting weapons and men to bring in aid of Denmark. Eric the Norseman, too, as the war-tidings flew, sailed with a chosen crew from Lapland and Finmark so upon easter day sailed the three kings away out of the sheltered bay in the bright season with them earl sigvald came eager for spoil and fame pity that such a name stooped to such treason safe under Svald at last now were their anchors cast safe from the sea and blast plotted the three kings while with a base intent southward Earl Sigvald went, on a foul errand bent, Unto the Sea-Kings, thence to hold on his course Unto King Olaf's force, lying within the horse-mouths Of Stethaven, him to ensnare and bring Unto the Danish King, who his dead course Would fling forth to the Raven. End of section 6